0: Welcome to Crosspoint. Crosspoint, 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 Crosspoint. An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor.
1: Welcome to Crosspoint, I'm Mark Taylor. More and more people are hearing about the global reset to come soon under a new world order system. And today, my guest, Jeff Kinley who along with Mark Hitchcock have written a new book, done this new work that explains the global reset. We've got a very interesting topic to talk about, one that Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley have uh, put together in a book called The Global Reset, and says, do current events point to the Antichrist and his worldwide empire? We have Jeff Kenley with us, one of those authors. And uh, Jeff, we appreciate you being with us here again on Crosspoint. And, you know, I think this is probably something that more and more people are going to hear about. I know they are hearing about it uh, because it's becoming a little more prevalent out there because we actually have people in power that are really pushing this, so they're talking about it more, aren't they?
2: Well, they really are, and most people don't start paying attention until all of a sudden it it really gets to their doorstep or their bank account, and then all of a sudden they start waking up and saying, hey, what's been going on in the world? Of course, uh, in the book we talk about how this is all happening right now.
1: Yeah. Well, on page two of the book, you said someone's at the door here. And this is an early part. You said in 2020, while America, along with the rest of the world, was distracted with riots, pandemics and lockdowns, a meeting was held in the relatively obscure town of Davos, Switzerland. There world leaders from 91 countries, including 53 heads of state, along with some of the world's most influential bankers and financiers uh, convened for a pivotal summit this was considered to be the global elitist. And what happened in there, and why did they have that meeting anyway?
2: Well, this meeting has been going on uh, in Davos since 1971. Every year, uh, the world's global elites have been convening for this global summit. And basically, they're, it's called the World Economic Forum. And it's founded by a man by the name of Klaus Schwab, uh, who was a German uh, economist and Uh, Their goal is to basically restructure the entire planet. And they realize they can't really do that through existing governments just working together. And so they're kind of doing an an end around, if you will, uh, to try to bring about a basic resetting, or as they put it, a global reset of the entire planet, restructuring everything from economy uh, to banking to uh, climate change to uh, border security. Uh, to uh, equality, all these things they put under this grand umbrella. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, they want to change the way the world works, get rid of capitalism, bring in socialism.
1: Okay, so this all sounds like a setup to me for something even greater that we probably have heard from the Bible. And you say that and talk about it in uh, pa- on page 22 of the book. Uh, where you say the Bible tells us of a day is coming when someone much more convincing, like a much more convincing than a magician, would appear upon world stage. It is he who will fully accomplish a global reset. One man, accompanied by his assistant, and they will succeed in misleading billions, uh, persuading them regarding an alternative reality. Uh, the same one that the Bible talks about. Who we're talking about here, right?
2: Exactly, and and really, Mark, we have to rewind it back even further than that, uh, back to Satan's original fall. You know, in Isaiah chapter 14, uh, Isaiah records that that Satan uttered these five great I will statements. He wanted to uh, ascend to the throne of God. He wanted to uh, be on top of God's uh, control over the world. He wanted to be like the Most High. And, of course, God expelled him from heaven when he did that back down to the earth. And But ever since then, Satan has wanted to uh, be in control and to be uh, dominating over planet Earth and over humanity. We see it in the first thing in the Garden of Eden where he deceives Adam and Eve, and then later on in Genesis chapter 11 with the Tower of Babel, which is really the first attempt at what we would call globalism uh, under one main leader. And so Satan's end goal is to be worshipped. Uh, he wants to be in charge of the world, uh, and he wants to be uh, served as God. And so this whole idea of globalism that we're, we're seeing happening right now is setting up one man to receive that kind of adulation and to have that kind of control over the planet. Of course, the Bible calls him the Antichrist.
1: Jeff, you know, we're seeing a lot of things happen, especially in financial markets. Ever since 2020, when all this started, 2019, you know, there's some places you can no longer use cash. And this Bitcoin deal has become a big deal out there that's going on. And now they're talking about all this digital money, which I have heard that our government is signing on with other countries to make sure that we have a digital uh, system that identifies who we are. And we're not going to be able to travel out of our borders of our nations and stuff unless we have certain things on these passports. Uh, This is reality happening now, isn't it?
2: It really is, and this is perhaps one of the most frightening things that's taking place in the world today because uh, it really does filter down to every single being on the planet. In fact, in in one recent video I saw uh, of the World Economic Forum, they were talking about how if we go to a digital uh, economy, then, uh, then every single transaction on planet Earth is traceable. In other words, they can know where all of the money is going, when a it, when it transaction takes place. And, of course, they'll sell this from, from the standpoint of, oh, you'll have more freedom, you have more safety, you'll be at peace because no one can rob you, all this stuff. But basically what it boils down to is the digital economy, which, by the way, our own President Joe Biden signed off on exploring the idea of a central digital bank currency mm-hmm. in America. He signed off on that in, uh, in April of 2022, for us to explore this possibility, and other states have have followed suit on that. But here's the thing. With a digital economy and a digital dollar mark, every single penny that you own is traceable. It is trackable. But that's not the worst thing. It is programmable as well. In other words, they can say that X percentage of your bank account can only go towards food, or it can ne- never exceed a certain uh, dollar amount in uh, p- uh, purchasing fossil fuel, like gasoline or charcoal, or or going to, you know, to spend your money at on entertainment or whatever. They can control everything you do and everything that you give. Uh, with this type of digital economy. And if you were to give to an organization such as a church or a radio station or a ministry that uh, is, uh, is speaking out against something like transgenderism or homosexual marriage, then they can say, well, that's hate speech, so we're going to limit your spending uh, as to how much you can actually donate. And the worst thing of all is that a digital currency is also not just traceable, trackable, and programmable, but it's also expirable. In other words, they can say, here's your allotment, and if you don't spend this amount of money uh, that you've been allotted, then it just goes away. There are no rollover minutes, if you will, uh, in this plan. And so it's a very uh, frightening thing, it, it basically enables the government to, be, uh, to have access, to have their hand in your pocket at all times.
1: And there's a lot of things like this happening out there, but this all boils down uh, to what you're talking about in Chapter 4 of the book, the the mark that some people will have to be identified about, and that's where you start out six 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 in the coming cashless society. Yeah,
2: exactly. And in, in order for the antichrist, Revelation thirteen, the Bible says the antichrist uh, and his false prophet will enact a program uh, that involves um, the uh, the digital control of your or the control of your money, and this will be through what we popularly known as uh, is known as the mark of the beast or six six six. And Revelation thirteen lays that out very clearly that. No one who does not who doesn't possess the mark will be able to buy or sell. It means you can't have a job. You can't pay for anything. Now, I don't believe this mark is going to come into effect until the midpoint of the seven year tribulation. However, the groundwork and the infrastructure for that is being laid through the digital economy uh, right now. In fact, over a hundred countries right now mark are exploring or are in the process of a complete digital economy in their country. So this thing is coming. It's not going to be uh, uh, held off for too long. And it brings us to a very important point in history because it tells us that the appearance of the Antichrist may not be far in the future.
1: And I know that we're, you know, seeing more and more of this. Now, what about, you know, this global warming and stuff like that? This has to be a big part of what's going on as well in this global reset, is it not?
2: No, totally. In fact, that's one of the primary tenets of the World Economic Forum. And of course, every year when they gather, uh, they have these giant private planes that fly in, that house uh, hundreds of lim- million dollar limousine, using up all these fossil fuels and flying and in driving, uh, in order to convene to lecture the rest of the world on how we shouldn't have fossil fuel emissions. And so there's an irony and, of course, a hypocrisy in that. But one of their tenets, Mark, in, in their... Uh, in their playbook, is that we have to worship the planet. In fact, they call it planet Earth. We have to serve planet Earth. Of course, that's the complete opposite of what God told Adam uh, in the Garden of Eden, that he would have dominion uh, over creation, Uh, and obviously we should be good stewards of the planet. But the whole idea of the climate change uh, hoax, the climate change narrative out there, uh, and it's been uh, disproven over and over again. In fact, the, the whole idea of using electric cars, which is what Joe Biden wants to push us towards uh, it ends up using more fossil fuels to power those cars and to bring them to the point where they have uh, they're on the road than even the current uh, fossil emissions. So but the idea is that we would serve the planet so that here's the end game so that these governing institutions can control how you travel, when you travel, uh, how much you spend on travel. The, the whole idea is control and to cause, as Romans once said, that men start worshiping the creation instead of the Creator. And that's really where it ends.
1: Now you talked about the mark, you know, the beast and having, you know, when that comes in, and you believe during the tribulation period is the start of it, you know, you talk about primary factors here in the book of why you do that, and that's loyalty, devotion, and allegiance to the Antichrist. And then also it's the global passport that people's going to need to participate in the economy. But You've also got here in the book, which I think would be good for people to know, the meaning of the mark. Why is it six six six?
2: Yeah, the, the whole idea of the number six six six, and people have tried to, uh, you know, try to relate this to every leader from, you know, Hitler to Kennedy to Barack Obama to Henry Kissinger to Ronald Reagan to uh, William Jefferson Clinton, and basically they use a a formula. Uh, it's really a a mathematical formula that's attached to the Hebrew alphabet, that every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value attached to it. And if you transliterate that Hebrew uh, Hebrew into English, uh, in, or back retro back to, to Hebrew, you can figure out the number equivalent of someone's name. Of course, that could apply to millions of people across the world uh, at the moment, but here's the idea. The number 666 refers to one person, and one person only. Uh, he's the Antichrist, and it even says in uh, Revelation 13, 18, that the number is that of a man. So it's going to be a man, uh, it's going to be a real man, It's going to be obviously a man who is a, a, a geopolitical leader, and it says that his number is 666. So when Antichrist comes on the scene, He will confirm that number because it is uh, related to his name, Uh, so we don't have to take the 666 and then go try to find it out there. Uh, This man will confirm it uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt because of his other actions that he'll take at that time. And one more thing about this, Mark, uh, is that it's it's the Greek word karagma, Mark, and it means something uh, in the the first century. It meant like an etching on the skin, sort of like we think of a tattoo or like the imprint of a face on a coin something that's indelible, and the Bible says very specifically in in verse 16 of chapter 13 that it will be put on the right hand or on the forehead. Uh, There's nothing, there's no Greek word uh, mentioned here that says it's going to be under the skin like a chip or under the skin like some sort of vaccine. It's going to be a visible mark because people need to see this person is a worshiper of Antichrist and they have their digital passport to be able to buy and to sell.
1: Now, you also talk about the book. I'm kind of looking at the end of uh, chapter five. But you talk about China. And you said China intends to dominate the world and even our outer space in the 21st century. And, you know, you're talking about how this economic system flows, how they, you know, treat their people and all that kind of stuff. China, you, you know, when we hear people talking about China and being a threat, you're saying this is real and they are part of the end times uh part of this with this great reset being part of that
2: absolutely and in fact uh klaus schwab has been called a fanboy of china he is so enamored with the way that china controls its citizens in fact i saw today where uh, china is releasing uh this unknown mysterious mist over their citizens uh, to try to supposedly uh, decontaminate them for diseases and so uh, china is a, a surveillance state it's a tyrannical state uh, they have uh, hun- three, I think, up to 100 million different cameras that are surveilling their people at all times. Uh, they have a social credit system uh, where if you do something that the government doesn't approve of, they'll they'll throttle back your internet, they'll cut off your power. Uh, they have total control over their citizens. So, you know, with uh, they're actually scheduled to overtake the United States as the world's largest economy uh, by 2028, 20, uh, and uh, so so they're on the move. Uh, in fact, Klaus Schwab's son leads the World Economic Forum office in Beijing. And so it, it is the most authoritarian nation, uh, along with North Korea and the whole world. And so everything from travel bans, well, where do we see that right now in America? Well, you know, Biden's wanting to throttle back our travel by uh, introducing again, one more time, this whole vaccine passport thing. Uh, they're wanting to prevent us from uh, buying meat, uh, from traveling, using fossil fuels, all of these things. But it's all under the auspice of, we're protecting you. But in the end, Mark, the
1: only thing that happens, they're protecting themselves, but they're controlling society. Well, folks, we're talking about the global reset. I'm talking today with Jeff Kinley. Stay with us. We'll have more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. Uh, today with me, I have Jeff Kenley, Jeff and Mark Hitchcock. I've written a book called the global reset. And we're talking about this and how it plays into our lives, which it does. And, uh, Jeff, you've written a lot of books. You and Mark together have written books. Uh, You've spoken at a lot of different uh, venues uh, about prophecy in those areas. So if people want to know more about your ministry, how do they get to know about that and this book that we're talking about today?
2: Yeah, it's real easy. You just go to jeffkinley.com, and there's everything you need to know there. Or you can download the Vintage Truth app on your phone and that gives you all the information about my ministry.
1: You and Mark's ministry. What is it? Is it Prophecy Pros?
2: Uh, no, that's actually myself and Todd Hampson. Okay, we that's the Prophecy you... Pros podcast.
1: Okay, and you, but you do that as well, right?
2: Yes, I do that uh, with Todd Hampson, and then Mark and I, uh, we partner together to speak at conferences and also to write books together.
1: Okay. Well, back to the book here. Uh, you're talking about on page 92 of the book, you're talking about America. That's the title of Chapter 6, America at Dusk. And I'm looking here, and it says, What part, if any, does God play in the death of a civilization or people group? Are there any biblical principles to speak to the rise or collapse of countries? Um, you know, we know America has risen greatly uh, because of God's providence in our country. Now we feel like, really, that America is starting to collapse. So how, how does God play into this, and why?
2: Well, I think there are two two big fronts that contribute to this. And when you think about the end times, and, and your listeners right now are thinking about, are we in the end times? The end times are sort of like rivers that are converging together towards one great Uh, last days narrative, and that's really how the the Scripture kind of portrays it uh, thematically. And and one of the things we see in there is not only this whole idea of globalism, us becoming one, the world shrinking, all the nations coming together under one world leader, which the Bible says uh, that we definitely will in the last days, but also on the other hand, you've got individual nations there. And I talk about in the book how uh, each individual nation is responsible before God uh, for certain things. Uh, You know, we know that God has a special covenant relationship uh, with the nation Israel. Uh, But at the same time, God also has certain expectations of civilization as a whole. We see back as far as the days of Noah, when God destroyed the whole earth, uh, because it says the land had become wicked, that they only thought about evil continually. And then we fast forward to Romans chapter 1, Mark, and what we see there is we see this is how a society not only dies spiritually, but how a society gets turned over to the abandonment wrath of Almighty God. And he just outlines it, Paul does in that passage. And one of the first things that happens is is that we reject God as being creator of the world. And this is something that is a very basic foundational principle of our understanding about who God is. And this is what we've done in America. Uh, we've told God, we've written him out of his own creation story. We've come up with our own ideas about uh, how the world came to be, how humanity came to be. And Romans really outlines that process. And Mark, it's fascinating, because as you go through Romans chapter 1, uh, you see the cause-effect relationship of rejecting God. And when you reject God as creator, the Bible says that God will then give you over to your own, your own uh, presuppositions, your own speculations, and it says their, their foolish hearts become darkened. And so there's a darkness that comes over the land just from rejecting God, and that leads to all sorts of other things. It leads to uh, worshiping false gods, it says. It leads to thinking that you're smarter than God. Uh, It says professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And then finally it leads to a whole host of sins, including uh, unbridled sexuality, homosexuality, and then finally just haters of God. And that's where we are right now. We're on the path of that, and we're seeing Romans chapter 1 being played out in American life today.
1: I want to read something in between some lines here at the end of that chapter before you go into chapter seven in the book. Mm -hmm. And you say, we do not see America specifically mentioned in Bible prophecy. Therefore, America probably will not emerge as a major player in the last days. Then I jump across the page here and says, the time is short, the hour is late, but our calling is sure. We are clearly experiencing the latter stages of a moral decline and ongoing influence of a proposed global reset. Therefore, now is the time to reach and disciple those in America so that when she eventually does go down we can say with confidence we did all we could to help others make it to safety. I think that is very good what you put in the book there, but a lot of (laughs) pastors are not preaching this from the pulpit. They're not telling people to be out making disciples. They're still saying everything's going to be fine. We're not under judgment. There's none of this stuff. This is just wicked time in our lives and, and um, you know, but this is truth, what you just wrote down here. And that's what we better be after, is trying to make sure people are ready uh, when this does happen.
2: No, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of churches today are, are basically preaching uh, TED Talks, self-help sermons, uh, yeah. that type of thing. We're trying to create an experience on Sunday mornings that's happy and fun for everybody. And, and, you know, all that's okay, but at the same time, we've got to present the whole counsel of God. And we've got to look around the world and say, hey, What's going on in my world? Does God say anything about it in the Word? And what does that mean for us as Christians? And, you know, the days of just kind of sitting back in the movie theater and watching this, this show take place on Sunday morning, those days are over. We've got to be training warriors and disciples to go out of the world to be able to make a radical impact for Jesus Christ. I mean, America, I believe we should obviously vote. We should vote righteously. We should be involved in the process politically. We should be in the community in every way we can. But at the end of the day, Mark, the only thing that's going to help America or save America is the thing that saves Americans, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have to preach truth, we have to preach love, Uh, we can't uh, draw back and shrink back and and have a a spirit of timidity concerning the evils of our day. Uh, We have to speak out, much like the prophets of the Old Testament did, much like John the Baptist did with Herod, and we have to be salt and light. some people don't want the lights turned on because it exposes their darkness, it exposes their sin, but the hour truly is late. Uh, I believe America has struck the the, the iceberg, and we are sinking fast, and we need to do everything we can uh, to help get those those passengers into the lifeboat of Jesus Christ so that they can be saved.
1: Now, in chapter seven of the book, it's entitled "What Are We Waiting For?" And on page one sixteen, you say the rapture will rescue believers from God's wrath poured out during the seven year tribulation. You talk about First Thessalonians there in Revelation three, while the second coming will occur at the end of the seven year period or time of wrath and bring retribution to Christ's enemies. Thessalonians, and again, you talk about Revelation. As the rapture, Jesus will come in the air and will be seen only by the church. Explain that a little bit, but I do think this helps clarify some of that.
2: Now, I think there needs to be uh, in our minds a clear distinction between the rapture coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Yes,
1: yes, I agree. Uh, At the
2: rapture, he comes to rescue the bride, the church. At the second coming, he comes to bring retribution on his enemies. Uh, at the rapture, it says we are caught up to be with the Lord, uh, but at the second coming, we come from heaven with the Lord down to the earth. Uh, one is a mission uh, of rescue, the other is a mission of wrath. And so it's very important that we see those, and I believe those are separated by at least seven years of time, no. maybe closer to, to seven uh, than seven and a half, but it's going to be about seven years separation. And uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4 doesn't say anything about the world witnessing this event. It says only us who are believers are caught up uh, with those who have been dead in Christ. But at the second coming, Revelation 1, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, says that every eye will see him, and the whole world will witness the second coming event. So uh, Christ is coming back to, to rescue us by The reason why, Mark, is because he's about to pour out his wrath on planet Earth, and when that happens, the whole world is going to know who's God. They're going to know uh, who, who's in control of history. And of course, the Bible says that many will, uh, most will not believe in Him. Uh, but it's it's a time of God beginning His uh, tribulation wrath, and that lasts for seven years until the second coming itself.
1: Yeah, and I think that really helps people because I've heard him say, "Well, if he's coming, the rapture. Now it's you know, the Bible says he's, you know, he's coming twice, and then so how's he coming three times? But what you're saying, when he when the rapture happens, he's just ta- the people are just gone. Only the people that are going to go meet him are going to want be the ones to see him, and that's going to be that. It's not going to be the entire world, and they're going to be scratching their head like what just happened. But with that said, uh, Jeff. Would that not throw the Great Reset in order when that happened? Would that not be the perfect timing for the Great Reset to start?
2: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I believe the Raptor will be the final linchpin, uh, the final catalyst uh, that will enable the Great Reset to finally take place. We're seeing all these things being put into place right now with the digital economy and the climate change and uh, global unity among the nations and dissolving borders and all these other things about peace and safety, and let's come together around vaccines and, and around pandemics and that type of thing. But once the rapture hit, it hits, it's going to create a greater chaos than the world has ever seen. Now think with me for just a second what this last pandemic did for us uh, in the world. Uh, there was a crisis, which was the pandemic, followed by chaos. People thought bodies were gonna be stacked in the streets. People were gonna be dying all around us. Of course, that didn't happen. Uh, Then there's going to be a relative calm because the government came in and said, hey, just social distance for a little bit, uh, stay at home, you know, that type of thing. Everybody be fine, wear a mask. And then finally, people complied with this whole thing. And and the government sent us money, uh, gave us a stimulus check to keep us happy for a while. But in the end, the end game was control because they got their hand into our lives and they were able to restrict our travel. Uh, restrict how we breathe, where we go, how we spend. And this rapture crisis is going to do the same thing. There's going to be the crisis of the rapture that will create global chaos. The governments of the world will come together. I believe that's when the Antichrist will begin to rise from the waters of history. And then people will begin to comply with that, saying, hey, it's all going to be okay. He's going to bring things into a safe world. And then finally comes the mark of the beast which is the control. So we see the same pattern happening. This is just sort of the preview birth pangs uh, to the real thing that's going to happen in the end. But yes, the rapture is going to be uh, the, the the thing that just breaks the dam, and uh, people are going to finally understand, yes, there is a God in heaven, but they're not going to work with it because of all the judgment that he's going to bring upon them.
1: In the chapter uh, called Horizons in the book, uh, page 134 says, this is a massive understatement that signs all around us are lighting up like a runway lights as the coming of christ approaches recent polling reveals that most american evangelicals sense that the rapture and the commencement of the end times are just over the horizon so people are starting to catch on that this is a lot bigger than just countries and stuff that god is doing something and people are starting to awaken to that would you say
2: I would. In fact, uh, last year, my travel schedule schedule was uh, just exploded because churches and individual believers and Christian groups are saying, "Hey, what is going on? How do I understand this? Get get us into the Bible. Tell us what it means in terms of the times in which we're living." And and Mark, I think there's God is raising up a true remnant of believers right now that that are not content just to go to church. And to hear about how to handle problems in their life or how to have a happy marriage. Those are great things, but they want to know what in the world's going on. And the Bible gives us all those answers. It tells us exactly what's happening, it uh, tells us exactly where we're going. And, and the great thing about it, Mark, is that it imparts, doing that imparts a great sense of discernment to believers, which is one of the biggest problems in the church today. The Christians have no discernment as to what's happening in the world, how to live their lives. Uh, how to ma- navigate what's ahead of them. And so Bible prophecy is kind of like putting on those night vision goggles that the Navy SEALs wear. It enables you to see the heat signatures in the dark. And so as we walk out in the dark world, you know, empowered and illumined and equipped by a biblical mindset, we can see what's going on in the world clearly. We see the deceptions that are happening in government. Uh, we can see all the, uh, the the bait and switch is happening there with uh, globalism. Uh, We can see how the the worldliness is encroaching in, not only uh, on our own culture, but on the churches as well. And it just gives you a heads up on what's happening and uh, gives us really, I think, an urgency about our lives to say, look, if this is what's really going on, then I need to be on the ball about my own life and help others come to know Jesus.
1: Yeah, I agree on that. Hey, now, again, tell people if they want to know more about the global reset and what you do there, Jeff, tell them how they can do that.
2: Yeah, you just go to jeffkinley.com, and uh, there's all the information you need about my ministry, my books, your travel schedule, that type of thing. And also download the Vintage Truth app for your phone, and that'll give you all
1: sorts of free resources uh, for your Christian life that can help you grow in Christ. All right, well, folks, stay with us, and we're going to have more right after this. Your future begins today. Your new second chance just arrived. Welcome to Fresh
0: Grace. Welcome to New Hope. The Word. Radio that impacts your future.
1: Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. I'm talking today with Jeff Kinley. Talking about the Global Reset. uh, New book Jeff's uh, put out and wrote along with Mark Hitchcock. And, uh, you know, we were talking about plague and, you know, COVID-19 changed the planet. And you talk about that in here, but you say a a stunning 44.3% of Poland said that they believe that the coronavirus and resulting economic meltdown is a wake-up for us to turn back to God. People are starting to see, at first maybe they didn't, but I think as time has went, they are starting to, would you say?
2: I think so. I think what what people have realized is that this has radically and forever changed the world. Uh, just like nine eleven, uh, our travel and, and airports has never been the same since nine eleven. Well, guess what? Uh, COVID nineteen has changed things forever. And COVID nineteen, I think, is was really the leaven and the lump of bread. It's kind of a thing that's still impacting the world because they keep uh, coming up with new scare tact- tactics, uh, new supposed pandemics that may be on the horizon again for the purpose of control. So I think it's causing people to uh, to sit back and go, "Am I being played? I mean, was was I lied to uh, throughout this whole thing? Uh, these all everything with the vaccines, with the fear and the pandemics, with the death tolls, uh, and, and these statistics have proven now marked to be skewed. I mean, uh, what the, what the World Economic Forum has said, uh, and what the the World Health Organization, what our own uh, CDC has said, these statistics have now. Uh, come into great question so all that to say is it's caused people to say i think something's happening in the world this world is getting towards closing time Uh, i need to make sure my house is in order
1: well it's obvious jeff when i don't know hardly many places there are some that have mask mandates but majority there isn't but yet almost everywhere you go every day you see somebody wearing a mask still uh, maybe several people were in a mask because they've got so used to hearing these things and being scared and, uh, you know, doing what man says, uh, you know, that they are willing to breathe the nasty air and everything else, thinking they're taking care of themselves.
2: No, absolutely. You, you do see that people that not only bought into it, it became a part of their natural lifestyle. Yeah. And all it takes, though, here's the thing. All it takes is for another type of pandemic. And they've already Even yesterday I read where a a certain virus, they said, is much worse than COVID. is coming our way. So they're they're using these fear tactics so that the next time they say, we want you to wear a mask, Uh, you can't travel without a mask. And what they're trying to do is to silence people uh, out there who have a a dissident opinion or have an opinion that disagrees with the official government narrative. Uh, They say trust the science when you really look at the science. The science doesn't back up what they say. Uh, Even Dr. Fauci said, I heard an interview with his own words saying the other day, that masks are basically ineffective. And uh, it's like uh, trying to prevent a a mosquito coming through your chain link fence. It just doesn't really do anything. And so it's all about compliance. It's all about control. And I think people are fed up with it. Uh, I think there is a time uh, that we have to rise up and say a a big, strong no uh, to our government concerning certain things. Uh, but at the same time, we have to continue to live our lives and not be controlled by that narrative of fear because once we're controlled by it, uh, then they've got their hooks set in our jaw.
1: Now, you also talk uh, resetting your life. That's a chapter there in the book, it's page 169. You say the majority of governmental religious restrictions are aimed at Christians. Some international humanitarian agencies have estimated that 80% of all religious persecution in the world today is aimed at Christians. Now, this is is growing more. Why is it the Christians? Yeah, what what makes the Christians the target, uh, Jeff?
2: Yeah, the, the answer is real simple. Uh, the answer is Satan. Uh, Satan hates believers. He hates God's uh, plan. Uh, he hates God's gospel. Uh, he hates God's people, and. So Satan is targeting Christians, and he wants to silence Christians, uh, and he wants to basically eradicate them from society. And so he attacks us from our, uh, our theological beliefs, he attacks us from our, our lifestyle practices, he attacks us from our, our moral beliefs. And when he gets government and culture on his side uh, to say that all the evils of the world are actually good things, then the people who believe in the good things are actually now the evil ones. And that basically is the Christians of the world. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And the Bible tells us that, you know, Jesus said in John 15, look, if they hated me, they're going to hate you, too. And so we need to prepare ourselves for a certain level of persecution in our country. And as we write about in the book, we quote Erwin Luther who says, you know, in the past, we as American Christians have always had kind of a home field advantage because the government has, has kind of backed us up morally and the culture kind of stood with us. Those days are long gone. Uh, there is no Andy Griffith show going on in the world today. Uh, we're in the land of paganism. And so Christians are, are shining brightly uh, as lights and, and not welcome lights, sometimes unwelcome lights uh, in the world. So we have to do everything we can to stay true to the Word of God, uh, even as Peter and John said in Acts 5, we must obey God rather than men. And that's going to become, Mark, increasingly more difficult for believers unless they are plugged into the Word of God and to the people of God.
1: Now, in that same chapter, um... On page one seventy eight, uh, you use the word reevaluation about people doing this. So, what are you saying that maybe, but this global reset that we need to be doing some personal, uh, spiritual resets in our own lives?
2: Absolutely, it's, it's a great time to take inventory. You know, when we go through hard times, basically, what hard times do is it reveals what's really uh, on the inside, and maybe some of us have not responded spiritually as positively to all that's gone on uh, in the past few years. And so I think it's a time for evaluation, a time to say, where is my heart with Jesus? Is it submitted completely to Him? Because uh, if you're a Christian listening to this today, you're going to desperately need God in the days ahead. You're going to need God, you're going to need God's Word, you're going to need God's people. And so there's a time to really reaffirm our complete reliance upon the Lord, to have faith in Him, to follow Him, to make sure that our wills are submitted to him, and in essence to reset our own lives before the world is reset, make sure we have a positive spiritual reset with the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: You also talk, the way I look at it in the book, uh, in the final reset, the word you use for that chapter, uh, you mentioned the millennium, and you talk about the global reign of Jesus Christ for the goal for all human history, and you talk about the reign of the Messiah over the earth for a period of time known as the millennium. I'd like to do a whole show on the millennium because that's still something that fascinates me that who all is involved in the millennium and who uh, why do we even have a millennium and how long is that period I know they say a thousand years and then some people say well um, you know God says one day is like a thousand years it's only one day there's to me a lot of questions about the millennium but you do bring this up in the book uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, during the Tribulation period, the seven-year Tribulation period, God's going to rain down um, uh, hell on Earth, essentially. It's going to be His judgments on planet Earth. But after the second coming of Christ, Revelation chapter 20 tells us that there's going to be a thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. And this is a part of God's promise that He had made to the Jewish people thousands of years ago, uh, that someone would sit upon David's uh, in Jerusalem. And in fact, uh, six times, in seven verses, he says uh, the word a thousand. And so, we, you know, we take the Bible at face value, we take it literally, I believe it's going to be a thousand-year physical reign on the earth. It's basically going to be paradise regained. Uh, what we lost in the Garden of Eden, we're going to have back uh, in the Millennial Kingdom, uh, where we'll be reigning with Jesus Christ, the Bible says. Uh, scripture tells us we'll have glorified bodies. Uh, we'll be able to worship Christ and enjoy the fruits of, of the land that he's given us. We'll be able to, to live peaceably with the animal kingdom. And so it's going to be a day of, of great rain, righteousness. You know, those verses in Isaiah 9 we sing on Christmas that, where it talks about um, uh, there's going to be the time a son is born to us, uh, a son is given, his, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. Well, that government is the thousand year government uh, of Jesus Christ. And so it's going to be a glorious time. I believe it's going to be a literal reign, a literal kingdom. Uh, and it's something every believer should look forward to. And in fact, finally on that, Mark, is that every time someone prays the Lord's Prayer, they say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're praying for the thousand year millennial reign of Jesus Christ.
1: With that being said, still, there will be people, if I understand it right, after the millennium time is up. That will still fall away and follow Satan. Is that true?
2: Yeah. What's going to happen is at the end of the tribulation period, there will there will be believers that are alive at that time because Christ- Scripture tells us that there will be conversions during the tribulation period. Those believers will come on into the millennial kingdom with their earthly bodies. Uh, scripture says in Isaiah that uh, they'll have babies during that time for a thousand years. Uh, There'll be procreation, and so a, a new generations will will arise, and they'll be given the choice as to whether to. Uh, receive Christ and trust in Jesus or not, at the end of that time, the Bible says after a thousand years, Christ will release Satan from his prison where he's been in the abyss for a thousand years, and he will deceive the nations once more, it says in Revelation chapter 20, and they will come upon uh, the plain of Jerusalem uh, to try to, to, again, try to overthrow God. And Scripture says that fire comes down from heaven and devours them, and then evil is no more. So it just goes to show that even in a perfect world where Jesus himself is reigning on a visible throne that you can see, that the human heart is still deceitfully wicked, and that God still gives people a choice as to whether or not to serve him. Now, our choice will have already been made, our bodies will already be glorified, but these people will not have glorified bodies, and they'll be given the choice to follow Christ. And so maybe we'll be in, have an opportunity to even witness those people during that time.
1: But the millennium is only a time where those that have confessed Christ as Lord, is that right, uh, that can be in the, in the millennium?
2: Well, yes, and, and until those, those young ones are born during the millennial kingdom, they'll be actually be given the opportunity uh, to receive Christ during that time. And uh, you know, the Bible says, I mean, Jesus says he'll rule the nation with a rod of iron. Uh, during that time, meaning that uh, that disobedient, uh, disobedience will be punished, it'll be punished swiftly and righteously, uh, but there will be, we will have non-Christians among us in the Millennial Kingdom, uh, but, but they will be exposed to the righteousness of Christ and be given an opportunity to trust Him.
1: And you talk about that here in the book when we're in the section where you're talking about the coming cashless society. And you do point out that God is in control of all of this. And so when we see all these things happening, as you're talking about here in the book, uh, you said, and, you know, God's word, you talk about that does predict that these things will happen. So if that's the case, then we have to rely and know that God knows what's going on. And this is happening because he's allowing it, because it's bringing apart his plan, uh, not some man or not the people involved in the global reset or anybody else.
2: Absolutely. And that's why as believers we don't have to be afraid, number one, because I believe we're going to be raptured before this ultimately takes place. But even now as things get darker and darker, we have to realize that God is the one who has prescripted and pre-written history, uh, that it cannot happen any other way than the way he has planned. And also, uh, in the book of Revelation itself, Mark, before Jesus reveals to John the awful wrathful judgments that are coming upon planet Earth, in chapter 4, he says, come up here to heaven, let me show you something. And when John gets to heaven, it says 13 times in 11 verses, he sees a throne, and that throne is occupied, uh, it is holy, it is beautiful, and it is sovereign. And it just means that God has the whole world in his hands. And if he has history and the future and the world in his hands, then certainly we can trust him to put our lives in his hands as well.
1: Before we go here, Jeff, I want to ask you one question It's not in the book, but I just want to ask you, you've been involved in teaching a prophecy uh, with many other people uh, throughout the years that you've done that. What have you seen from when you started till now in the progression of prophecy is more and more of it? Uh, coming into light than when you first started teaching this? Are you even amazed about what you're seeing? Or how are you looking at things differently now than you did when you first started in this ministry?
2: Actually, I, I have seen that, Mark. And, and what I, what Mark and, Mark Hitchcock and I call the book, there's an accelerant that, that's, going, that's going on right now. In other words, things are happening faster and faster and faster. And with something like COVID, when the whole planet was speaking about one thing from every nation, to every neighborhood, one thing was being spoken. Uh, That brings the world together. And now that we've got that precedent, a new crisis can bring the whole world together again. So this is the way Satan, in his end times agenda, is using these things. And we've just seen that right now the world is speeding up, Uh, things can happen faster than they ever have before, economies can change, wars can happen. Uh, Pieces can be uh, accomplished. Digital economy can be implemented. Uh, Pandemics can be uh, spread. All these things can happen almost overnight. So it should tell us that with things happening so rapidly that, as the Bible says, we're getting closer and closer uh, through the birth pangs to the actual birth of the end times.
1: All right. Well, again, Jeff, tell people how they can find out more about the global reset.
2: Yeah, just go to jeffkinley.com, or if you'd like to order the book, go to amazon.com, and you can get it there.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Crosspoint.
2: My pleasure, Mark. Good to be with you, brother.
1: Hey, folks, great interview today with Jeff Kinley. Folks, we need to pay attention to what's going on around us, and I think we are, and we know something's changing, and uh, there's a reason for all of that. It's a great book, the great, um, the global reset that we were talking about. All of it sit around this other book I have in my hand, the Holy Bible. This book, if you'll read it, folks, you need to know the Bible because it will accurately direct your life. It contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week and allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor.
0: Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNEO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri 64850 or by email crosspoint at KNEO.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime.
2: Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.